Welcome to the Angelscapes podcast, where you're encouraged to uncover and develop a direct connection with your soul's power, wisdom, and spiritual intuition that is ready to blossom. We'll explore new ideas, compelling tips, and real steps to help you learn simple spiritual practices. We're a safe place to learn more about accessing your soul's power with education and spiritual wholeness that could bring more clarity to your life. Now here's your host, a practicing medium, Akashic Records practitioner, spirit artist, coach, and mentor, Dr. Reverend Nancy Smith. friend and a mentor and a teacher once told me not that long ago, a couple days ago, that we are stars in our own movie. And we direct the people around us to live the lives we expect them to live. This is Nancy Smith, and here is the Angelscapes podcast. I am doing things a little bit differently. I had a couple experiences today that gave me... Um, moment to pause. And so I, I didn't write all my notes. I didn't create my little artwork, but I do want to talk to you about community. I had an experience today where I um, had to, gave me a moment to pause, like I said, but also made me think about a few things in my world, in my profession. And so I reached out to a friend and um, when she had a chance, she gave me a call back and we talked for a while. And she said to me, Remember, Nancy, that you're here to help people find their own lights within themselves. You're here to shine your light. You're here to make a difference and to help people make a difference in their lives. Don't forget that, she said. Don't ever forget that. And it made so much sense. She said, be curious about the things that are changing in your life. Explore them. It's not matching up to what you normally think ought to happen or, or that you're used to. But she said, explore the changes. Things are happening really fast right now. And um, a lot of people are getting called to look at their lives differently or um, wake up a little bit more to another part of life. And it was a great, great conversation. She helped me settle myself down in my heart and really gave me a moment again to pause and say, what is community? Who are our people? Who are the people that help us? Who are the people that support us? And who are the people that we support and we help? And um, and it was so awesome to have a friend who is, I consider, a very important part of my community that I could reach out and talk to about uh, some kind of stuff that's going on that it's not easy to talk to other people about. So having said that, I um, had wanted to talk about community all along and building community and what is it and how do you know if you're in the right community I want to go back to what my friend told me. Things are changing really fast. People are becoming more aware of different things or they're stressed out or they're pulling in like little turtles to um, into their lives and forgetting what it is to create community, to nurture and sustain a community. We need each other. We need community. On the other hand, we're social animals. We're social beings. Um, we don't need to be the star in somebody else's show. We don't need for somebody to tell us how we can behave or be or how we can thrive so that we don't show them up too much or anything like that. We need to be us. We need to be the star in our own shows. 
And we need to let people be the stars in their own shows so that we can appreciate each other. We can respect each other. And when we need to reach out to somebody, like I, I wanted to reach out to my friend, I allowed her to be exactly who she was and she allowed herself to be exactly who she was. And we talked about being curious about life. So if you are trying to manipulate or move somebody around by what you're saying or doing so that they can serve you better, you need to step back from that. And if you are a people pleaser wanting to be in with a certain group, and so you are uh, walking on eggshells, they would call it uh, adjusting what you say, not shooting from the hip, not being exactly who you are, are you in the right community? And people are growing very quickly one way or the other these days. And so community is changing the kind of people that we have around us and the need that we have for people around us changes on a rapidly on a daily basis. Sometimes um, I watched, um, I don't know about you guys, but there've been a lot of people who've been passing on in my life who, who just are leaving this lifetime going to spirit and um, being human. I miss those people and I grieve them and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sad. And I um, sometimes want to bring that grief to my community, to my friends. And I watched um, a group of friends. We all lost somebody. We all lost somebody very, very dear to us. And I watched people's behavior. I tend to pull back and not say much and, and uh, do my own thing independently. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know that it was working or not working, but I watched somebody else reach out to the community wanting to support, wanting to care, wanting to be part of, and finding that she couldn't. And then I watched another part of the community pull together in a very isolated kind of uh, clique or cluster um, where nobody else was really welcome, even though we were all in the same community. We, and grief is a funny thing. We all needed to be comforted. And yet many in the group didn't feel that they could comfort anybody else. That, that they, so they isolated. And that's a common thing to happen in grief. But when we lose somebody dear, and when we are in that kind of grief, that's when community is the most important, I feel, to have. You know, whether you, the loss could be a divorce, the loss could be a death, the loss could be a change of a career, the loss could be financial disrepair. We, it's a communities that, of people that can make us or break us sometimes. So who is in your community? Are they people who recognize you, who see you for who you are, who feel that what you have to say is valuable? Are they people that feel good around? Are they people that feel good when you're around? Again, we, I was talking about, um, we are all stars in our own show and um, trying to make everybody else do what we need them to do so we can be the stars in our show. Yeah maybe take a look at that, kind of let it go or not let it, take a look at it, be honest with it, your own behavior or be honest how you're playing it out to keep community around you and uh, take a step back to, to move into something different. Um, we're being called uh, as light workers to do um, a lot of leadership in a way or to open people up or to, to make a stand um, to, bring people out of their own rabbit holes, to bring people out of their own despair. And the light workers, I'm saying the light workers, the people who are thinking differently, the people who want to help other people, 
not stay where they are, but kind of elevate them into a more of a, for me, it's more of a connection to your soul, more of a connection to a higher power and source so that you could see the own, your own divinity within yourself. And with, by doing that, you see what a marvelous person you are, what a lot of creativity you have, and to really support that creativity, no matter how it expresses itself from each individual person. That's kind of my job. That's kind of what I see my job as. I mess up with it all the time. But I'd like to invite you all to take a look at what is what it is you're doing in the in the community around you, the people that are closest to you or the people that you see all the time, whether you're close to or not. How are you interacting with them? How are you viewing them? How are you viewing yourself? Is it a judgmental? Is it a critical place? Is it a, I see your own divinity, namaste, is but I see your delight in you. Delight in me sees the light in you. I wanted to tell you a story. My friend Joe told me um, about this story. I said, go look it up. It is called The Rabbi's Gift. And it's a story about um, some monks that used to be a huge monastery. And they had many branches in many different countries. And over the years, over the centuries, the monastery began to get smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where there was only one monastery left with five monks in it. And they were getting kind of old. And they were sad about it. And they had this beautiful um, landscape. They had woods behind the monastery. It's like an old-fashioned, big old, hairy monastery. Um, I'm kind of ad-libbing here. But look up a rabbi's gift. It's a beautiful story to, to read. But in this um, woods was a, a house, small little house that a rabbi from the local village used to come every year and do his meditative retreat by himself and and the monks kind of got to feel and know when he was around they're getting kind of psychic Ooh, the, the rabbi's there now and um one year the abbot of the monastery said to the monks we need to figure something out we need to do something about how this monastery is not growing and that we're the last woods here and we're we're going to um it's going to just kind of die fade away with us what should we do about it? I'm going to go talk to the rabbi and see what his thoughts are. He's been coming to the woods for years. Maybe he has some ideas. So they all agreed that the abbot, the head priest, would go out and talk to the rabbi. So he knocked on the rabbi's door and the rabbi was surprised to see him because of all those years that he had gone there, he'd never heard from the monks. So they never said boo to him. And he invited him in. And the abbot says, I am so sorry I haven't come to you in all these years, but I have a reason for coming. I, I want to ask you a question. Maybe you could come up with some new ideas with me. And he told him about the story of the, the monastery and how there were only, you know, five elderly people, older people living there. And that was kind of the end. And nobody was really coming to the monasteries anymore. Nobody was really participating in faith and in, in the, um, the religion of of the, that took place in their monastery. And the rabbi um, said, I know what you mean. There's nobody's coming to the temples anymore. It's just modern times. People don't need spirit. They don't need this coming together spiritually and to be um, inspired or, or, or to learn different doctrines. They just are too busy. They moved on. And so the two older men just sat and wept for a while, very sad. And and um, they talked and they shared experiences. They'd never done that before. It was amazing. And then at the end, they said, I must, I got to get going back home. It's getting dark. And the abbot turned to the rabbi and said, but you never answered my question. 
And what, what could your answer be? And the rabbi turned to him. I said, I really don't have an answer for you because I have the same problem, but I do know that one of your monks is the Messiah. So, so go home and take heart that one of them is the Messiah. And the abbot thought that was a little bit odd. He went home to the monastery and Monks were all waiting there. What did he say? What did he say? And he says, well, he didn't really have much to say. He's got the same problems going on in his temple. Now he's coming, coming in. He said, but he did say something that was odd. He said, he said that one of us is the Messiah. One of us is the Messiah. Can you imagine that? And they all kind of looked at each other and they said, really? And um, they all kind of said, we'll have to think about this. We'll pray on this. So they all went off to their separate parts of the monastery and thought about it. And they kind of analyzed each one of each other, you know, well, he's too old or he's too shy or he's too um, absent-minded. He's got a bit of a temper. I don't know, but, but what if he is the Messiah? What if that beautiful part of himself that comes forward in those special times, like that one monk who seems kind of lazy, doesn't have a lot going for him, but whenever you need something, he just happens to be right there. He just shows up without you even asking him, maybe he's the Messiah. So they started to look at each other's higher aspects. Maybe I'm missing something. And so they began to teach, uh, treat each other, teach each other. They actually were teaching each other by treating each other more divinely, with more respect, with more curiosity. And as they did that, the community within them, the, 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 the five monks together, began to build an energy around them that was beautiful loving and very accepting so the spring comes along and people start to come and have picnics on the lawn of the monastery because it's beautiful and they begin to really enjoy themselves and then they begin to feel like there's something special going on in that monastery there's something special going on with those monks and then little by little people start to approach the monks and talk to them and some young men came up and said what are you doing here what is this monastery all about what are you what do you do with your daily time and they took an interest and the monks began to teach them and talk to them about what they did and what their purpose was and some of the young men said i want to join you can i join you and so they said sure come on in doors are open and the monastery began to grow again young life began to come in and more and more people began to come to the grounds and have picnics and, and enjoy the beautiful monastery um, because now it was becoming a beautiful place where people wanted to be. They wanted to socialize and they wanted to create a community. And I love that story because if we see each other as the Messiah, which the chosen one, the one that will bring peace and love and healing to humanity, if we treated each one of ourselves, ourselves included in the people around us, what would humanity look like? What would this planet look like? What would our society look like? And what would our communities be? So maybe when we're in a deep time of grief, when somebody important to us passes away, we're not isolating from each other. We're opening our arms to each other. We're saying, I know that you're in pain. I know that this is a big change. I'm, I'm with you. Or when somebody loses um, a career or financially things turn upside down, I'm here for you. I've got your back. We'll talk about ideas. We'll talk about ways to support each other. Um, so many times I have heard the opposite happen. 
to know the law of attraction is when your vibration raises up and you have a high vibration so good things come to you and if the good things aren't coming to you that must mean your vibration is low so there's this kind of awkward judgment thing that happens so if your vibration is low maybe i don't want to hang around you what we don't realize is our vibrations want to match the highest vibration around and so when the law of attraction is not working or people aren't thinking good things are coming towards people it means that the community's vibration is low and that when we come together and recognize each other's divinity and recognize each other as the possible messiah then the vibration begins to support each individual. And we see each individual as a gift. We see each individual as creative. And we're interested in hearing what that other person has to say, even though it's not something we would think or say, but maybe they've got something there. Let's take a look. And this is how we build community. This is how we build the vibration that brings the joy and the peace and and the divinity into our lives one more time for a long time maybe maybe for forever if we could hold that divine thought that we are all beautiful children of god and so that's kind of what i'm thinking about community on the negative side i also want to say if we build a community because we want to belong because something in that community is something that we want to have and we find ourselves as the outliers of that community the community is not for us there's another story that i heard a while back a long time ago and it was um and i i hope that people understand where i'm coming from and saying this but there was um down south um there was a lot of segregation and there was a, a black man that came into a white community. He's a salesman. He's going to sell, sell, uh, he's doing his job and he's going to all the places he was meant to go to. And he said, Oh, I just want to go to church. I just want to be in the presence of God. So he looks up in the phone book of Baptist church and he walks into that Baptist church and everyone turns and look at, looks at him and they're all white. And he just has a panic attack and he gets very anxious and he, and he leaves that church thinking, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is back in the day when these things were not good. And he went back to his um, hotel room and he just kneeled down by his bed and he just said, Oh God, forgive me. I just didn't pay attention to where I was going. I did. I did something wrong. This is just awful. And he heard a little voice kind of coming from into him from his prayers. And it said, you know, this is God. I've been trying to get into that church for 200 years now. And you got in there before I, you've been only been in town for, for what half a day. And you got in there. So you did better than me. And they had a good laugh together. But the point of it is, is when we're trying to get into to a place where we're not welcome, where we're not seen as divine, where we're not seen as precious, that child of God, that creative person, that person that has something valuable within them, then it, then that community, it's not working for us, whether it's in family, whether it's friends, whether it's church, whether it's our workplace, we have to begin to look at it differently and, and uh, don't let it take your light out because your community is not working for you. So sometimes we could bring back love into the community. We could start to appreciate each other. We could teach those monks. We're teaching each other how to appreciate each other in a very subtle form. So maybe you could step in to do that. 
And if you can't step into that, if it's costing you too much, don't let your light go out. Find a place where your light will shine, where your light will thrive. And you'll be able to bring those gifts forward in a safe way. You'll be able to be curious, be creative, try new things, fail at them, try a new one and, and succeed. Be who you are, because that is the light that we need in our society to create solid community that will help us thrive, will help us grow, that will keep us on an even keel financially, that will keep us um, in, a, in a constant state of creativity and curiosity, where we don't have to be somebody else to be accepted. There is a, um, you know, an old, old ancestral thing about um, being part of a community. And if you're not part of that community, if you're rejected, you would not, you, you got nosy die. You don't thrive. You can't. You can't do well. We're in a community now that we're we're very isolated from each other. We can thrive being alone, and I feel that the call right now is for us to pull back, to come back together, to find a way where we can um, help each other to thrive with technology, computers, and here I am giving a podcast. It um, you know isolated. Hopefully, people will listen to it to a community. Um, in some funny way, I'm part of a community, but in some funny way, I'm just kind of on my own talking to myself. Um, I, so I'm inviting you all to think about that, to look about it's time for us to come together as a community, but but not the kind of community that's threatening, not the kind of community that's going to destroy somebody if they don't fit in the right way, but the kind of community that will nurture, will look at each and every one of, of, of us as messiahs, as as the ones carrying the light to show the way to bring back source and love into our light that will help us to thrive and grow. So that is kind of my talk on um, community. I really want to um, see more of that. I thought it was a good thing to talk about during the times, the seasons, as things get colder and colder and uh, we, we go inside um, to keep warm. Um, remember, who you are, remember what your light is and remember what you're capable of doing and reach out to at least one person, maybe five people and be a community to them. So that, uh, so again, with your soul's power, with the source's power, with your guardian angel's power, however you work with spirit, however you work with that higher power, reach out, embrace it, step into it. Have the courage to step up out of the chair and welcome that person on the other side of the door into your life, into your table, and know that you're inviting God in when you do that. All right, that's it for this episode, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for joining the Angelscapes podcast. We hope you've gained new insights and inspiration for your journey to uncover and access your soul's power. For more information and a deeper dive into finding clarity in your life, go to angelscapes.net. Remember to subscribe so you can be part of the discussion. It may just change your life. See you next time.